0: Hear now the word of God from Psalm thirteen to the choir master, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul, and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And this is the word of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can be here today rejoicing. Lord, I pray that you speak to us today what you want us to hear, that our hearts may be encouraged to serve you and to love you more and to love each other. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts to receive your word. I pray everything in the saving name of Jesus. Amen. There was a question that I'm sure many of us have asked or have heard. Both kids and adults have experienced this. If you haven't heard this or asked this or thought this you might be very rare but you go on a car ride, you're on a road trip no matter the length, no matter how far you are from the starting point or how close you are to the destination. You either hear this or children My children ask this, these four words, are we there yet? In fact, I was surprised on the way here, I didn't hear that once, but usually our little son will ask, are we there yet? And even when we tell him, we're almost there, he'll ask again, are we there yet? And as adults, we still ask this question, maybe maybe not out loud, but even when we're driving by ourselves. Are we there yet? Have we reached the place of our destination? Have we gotten to the place where we can relax? We hit bumper-to-bumper traffic. There's terrible weather, wind, rain, snow, ice, or a combination of many of those. Maybe you're getting tired on the road and your coffee's wearing off. You just need to make it a few more miles. If you're traveling with little children... They start running out of things to keep them occupied. And maybe the brothers and the sisters get annoyed with each other. They just want to get out of the car. Are we there yet? Often, our Christian walk, we ask this same question. Are we there yet? How often do we want to just be through that trial, through the pain, through the suffering, and get to the rest that's on the other side? There are storms. There is traffic. There is traffic. There's difficult issues every day in our lives. How often do we cry out to God? Are we there yet? In the psalm before us today, our psalmist is asking a very similar question How long? We'll see the psalmist, he is in pain, he is in torment, but God answers the psalmist. We will look at this text today in three parts. First, the anguish in verses one and two. Second, the appeal of the psalmist in verses 3 and 4. And thirdly, the answer in verses 5 and 6. And my prayer is that as the psalmist knows, we also can know that we can cry to God. And our God answers us because he loves us. So let's start. Verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How can we even ask that question of God? Can God forget? Can God cease to remember anything? Can God forget his own people? There was a young girl. She was about to turn 16. She was very excited to turn 16, as many are at that age. When she woke up that morning, she thought her parents and her siblings would say, Happy birthday. She was excited. But when she woke up, that did not happen. The morning went on as usual. Parents went off to work. Her siblings and her went to school. And then she thought, well, maybe when I come home, there'll be a surprise party or maybe a cake. So she got home from school, and no one was there. They all went to her brother's soccer game. So she thought again, maybe when they come home from the soccer game, they'll bring me a cake. But they got home, and there was nothing for her. They had completely forgotten. It was her birthday. What if this happened to you? Maybe some of you have experienced this. Maybe somebody promised you something and then forgot to deliver on that promise. Or maybe somebody promised you something with no intention of fulfilling that promise. Their promise was a lie. And that is the deeper question of the psalmist here. Lord, have you forgotten me? Have you ceased to care about me? Lord, have you stopped caring for my needs? You stopped providing protection from my enemies. You've stopped comforting me in my affliction. Why, Lord, why have you gone away? How long, O Lord? Brothers and sisters, have you asked this question of the Lord? How long? Have you asked him why it seems like he hasn't remembered you? Maybe you're asking him now. Maybe you pray. And you pray, and you pray, but it seems like God is not answering or hearing your prayers. It seems like He stopped caring. It seems like He is a parent who forgot your birthday, or a parent that never even said happy birthday to you ever in your life. The psalmist cries out, How long will you hide your face from me? In the middle of the night, a newborn baby cries. For months he had been in his mother's womb. The baby has always known the presence of his mother. He's never been apart from her. Although, when he cries, he's in the same room as his mother, laying in the crib next to her. He doesn't know his mother's presence, as as if she is hiding her face from him. The comfort he has known for months being right next to his mother, feeling that presence, is gone. He's alone, so he cries out. Not because he is hungry or because he needs to be changed, but because he doesn't feel the same presence of his mom. But his mother is right there. How long will you hide your face from me? Where are you, God? Where is your presence? Where is that love and comfort I've known before? Why are you hiding your face? Why won't you answer me? Why won't you take this pain away? Why won't you stop my addiction? Why won't you save my children? Why won't you save my marriage? Why won't you heal my cancer? Why have you taken people I love away? Why have you taken my mother, my father, the people I love? Why are they gone? Where are you, God? How long will I not know you are here? Brothers and sisters, before I go on, let's remember this. This psalmist is a real person with real feelings of pain. You are real people. You have real pain. And you know people who are going through real pain. How long? Let me give you the answer early. Brothers and sisters, not long. Not long at all. Just as the newborn baby cries out for the presence of his mother, she is right there in the room with him. As we cry to God, because we are in Christ, God is with us always. He hears our cries for deliverance. He hears our cries for mercy. He knows our suffering. We have an advocate who suffered for us. He knows what it's like to be human, yet without sin. This is, of course, if you trust it in Christ. Have you trusted in Christ? Have you trusted in him for your salvation? If not, I plead that you do so today. The psalmist goes on, verse 2. How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Imagine again that newborn baby trying to comfort himself. He's in a new environment, completely unaware of his surroundings. He is cold. He is lonely. He wants comfort. He wants an answer to where his mother is. The psalmist here does not feel the presence of God. He's not aware of where God is. He wants to take counsel in his own soul to end his sorrow. He tries to console himself. Maybe you've done this. Maybe you've tried to console yourself. Maybe you've turned to drugs, to alcohol, maybe even to other behaviors, hiding and running to pornography or other perverse places to ease your pain. But you're crying, how long will I keep running to this sin? How long will I struggle to put away the deeds of the flesh? How long until this old man is mortified? How long until I kill the sin? Maybe in the time of waiting, you seek counsel from ungodly people. Maybe you're so desperate for answers and relief from your anguish and your pain. You cry and you wail. And the ungodly see this and they come to you to give you answers. And you're even tempted to take them. Are these answers coming from God? Are these ungodly people bringing you godly wisdom and counsel? There is no relief. No relief counsel outside the counsel of God in Christ. But be assured, brothers and sisters, your enemy of sin, of sorrow, of Satan, of death, it has been defeated by Jesus Christ in his life, death, and resurrection. It was nailed to the cross. You are in Christ. The Lord hears your prayers. He hears your cries. He is in the room with you. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long will you hide from me and not answer me when I call? Will this be forever? Will the cold, harsh winter last forever? Will vegetation not grow? Will these days continue to be dreary with no sunshine? How long will I continue in this body of death? Let's be honest. Some of us go to church every Sunday with a smile on while we've been crying all night. How long, oh Lord? You've even become good at it. You honestly feel that your burdens and your sorrows are too much for your brothers and sisters in Christ to walk with you. But they're not. That's why we are here. That's why you have brothers and sisters in Christ to walk through the pain and the suffering in this life. Maybe you even think that you can't cry out to God, how long? Maybe you think your problems are too big or too small for Him. Christians, that is why He's here. We can cry out to Him, how long, O Lord? This psalmist, again, is a real person. And yes, this is the Word of God penned through this man, but this David was going through pain. Him and you and I are no different. God. He can take your cries of how long. He can take your pleas to him for an answer. Even if you have to ask him multiple times, are we there yet? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything, everything to God in prayer. This brings me to the second point, the appeal of the psalmist. Verse 3, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice, because I am shaken. The psalmist again starts the psalm by crying out to God, asking him where he is. Yet there is a sense here that he knows that his prayers are being heard. He makes this plea here. Charles Spurgeon of this verse writes, Note the cry of faith. O Lord my God, is it not a very glorious fact that our interest in our Lord is not destroyed by all our trials and sorrows? We may lose our gourds, but not our God. The title deed of heaven is not written in the sand, but in eternal brass. The psalmist says, consider. This can also be translated, look. In fact, some translations have, look, answer me. A few verses ago, the psalmist was crying out just to see God's face, for God's face to look at him. But here, this is an appeal to God. Look, look at me, Lord. I'm right here. You know I'm here. A young child can be very persistent If he wants to ask his parents something or show them something and the parents are distracted, he will keep saying, Dad, 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 or Mom, 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 Mom. Not that I've experienced that at all. but Then Mom or Dad says, as they are still distracted, What? What do you want? The little boy will say, Look, 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 you're not looking. Look, look. And then mom looks, and and he shows her what he wanted to show her. Answer me. Answer me, Lord. I'm right here. Daddy, can I have this? Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I need this. Again, the son is persistent. He wants his parents to pay attention. He keeps asking, saying, look at me. Answer me. Look at me. Answer me. But very much unlike an earthly parent The Lord is not distracted. Our God is not distracted. He hears you when you ask him. He's looking right at you all the time. He cares for you far greater than any earthly parent will care for you. Let's learn something from a persistent child. Let us not stop going to our father in heaven with our prayers and appeals. He's not distracted. He knows far more of what we need and even what we ask him for. Hear the words of Jesus from Luke 11, starting in verse 9. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, you who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? He knows what we need. He gives us the Holy Spirit. But next, the psalmist writes, Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. There are very few things in this life worse than being in the dark. Not just in your dark room at night where there's some light coming in, but in total darkness where you can't even see your hand in front of your face. I took a trip once to um, Indian Echo Caverns near Hershey, PA. And During this trip, they take you on a tour of the caverns, and you see the stalagmites and stalactites. But there's this one area where they take you, and they turn off all the lights. And you're you're there for about maybe five seconds, but it feels like longer than that. And if you put your hand in front of your face, you cannot see it. It could be terrifying. That's the experience of this psalmist right here. He's in the dark. The world is pitch black to him. He continues not to see God and calls for him to light up his eyes. He calls to the Lord to light the way out of his cavern of darkness or he will sleep the sleep of death. He makes an appeal for his life. He's in such despair he cannot even see the hand in front of his face. Has this been you? Have you been in the darkness starting to lose hope? Have you been at the point of not being able to go on? Have you been going to bed at night thinking you might not wake up the next morning? Maybe that's you right now. I want to encourage you to keep keep making the appeal to the Lord. Continue to call to God, asking him to light up your eyes. And let these verses comfort you. Again, the words of Jesus in John 8, starting in verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And Paul writes in Colossians 1, verse 13, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, I know you've been through a time, or you're in a time, or you will be in a time of darkness. But it's okay. Cry out, how long? Light my eyes, Lord. You have already trusted in the light. Your own darkness of sin has been exposed, but you've been forgiven. Your place in the eternal darkness of hell, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, have been taken on the cross by the one who gives light. He is the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. The darkness will never overcome the light of Christ. Even as the psalmist writes in verse 4, lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I I am shaken. Brothers and sisters, your enemy of sin, of death, of hell, of Satan, has been defeated. Jesus, Jesus has triumphed. Your confidence and your hope may be shaken. You may totter back and forth as if you're on a storm-tossed boat. You may slip into old sins at times. You may feel like the ground underneath you is quaking, like you're in an earthquake. But be reminded we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You stand on the solid rock of Christ. And this brings us to the final point. The answer. Verse 5 but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Is this the same song that we started with? Is this the same psalmist? He spent much of the first half of this psalm crying out, appealing to God in his pain, in his darkness. Now he's trusting in God. How can he be so sure of the love of God after all he's been through? How can he rejoice? How can he sing the same way we can? The psalmist, after crying and pleading, he says he's trusted in the steadfast love of God. This love in Hebrew is a faithful love, a loyal love, a gracious love, a covenant love. It is a love that can never be broken. It is a love that endures perfectly, even when we don't love him perfectly back. It is the perfect love of God, the only perfect love that can cast out fear. This is the kind of love that God has towards us in Christ that Paul writes about in Romans 8, verse 38. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, Nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is because God has made a covenant to be a God to us and to our children. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. He is near the brokenhearted. He is near to you. He hears all of your cries. If you take one thing away from today, remember this. The Lord our God loves you. If you are a Christian, the Lord our God loves you. And that is amazing. And you can't even separate yourself from that love. Cry out to him. Make your appeals to him. He hears you. Your heart can rejoice in his salvation. Your sins are forgiven in Christ. There's no death sentence for you. There's no hell that you will suffer. There's no eternal darkness outside of the kingdom for you. Salvation has come. Today is the day of salvation. That's why we're here. We can rejoice. And now the psalmist who is asking how long, the same psalmist who is asking for light to see, is now ready to sing to the Lord. He's ready to praise the one who he felt had left him, who wasn't even looking at him. The psalmist knows, though he may cry and not hear an answer, that the Lord has not abandoned him. He is in pain, yet he knows the abundant love of the Lord. The Lord has dealt bountifully with him. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. It may be hard to see, but we have an abundance. In Mark 9, And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, There is no one who has left house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and the age to come eternal life. When you become a Christian, you get a whole new family. You get a kingdom. You inherit the kingdom of God. At times, you may shake and you may totter, but the kingdom you received and our king is never shaken. And there is this glorious truth that the Apostle John writes in Revelation 21, starting in verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow nor crying. There shall be no more pain For the former things have passed away. Jesus Christ has made and is continuing to make all things new. We suffer a bit here now. We have pains here now, and they're real. We lose loved ones here now. We at times feel as if God has left us. But if you trust it in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, your sins are forgiven You have a day coming where God himself will wipe away all your tears. You have a day coming when there's no more death. A day coming with no more sorrow. A day coming with no more pain. All because the sinless Son of God took that pain and suffering of hell that was for you because of our sin. He willingly went to the cross. Before he did, Jesus prayed to the Father. Much like our prayer of how long he prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. In that cup was the Father's wrath against sinners, the wrath that was for you and for me. But brothers and sisters, Jesus took that wrath. He took it on the cross. But if you're an unrepentant sinner that hasn't trusted in Christ, that wrath still abides on you. Jesus prays, take this cup, knowing what was coming. And on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we cry here, how long? Jesus goes to suffer humiliation as those who nailed him to the cross, they looked on and mocked him as if they had prevailed over him. He gives his spirit into the hands of the Father, sleeping for a moment, the sleep of death. But the Son is always trusted in the Father. Jesus rose from that sleep of death, conquering the grave. What a glorious, bountiful blessing. And because he rose and lives, we may now rise and live as well. So please, if you need to cry to God, how long? Where are you? Can't you see me? I need help. Where are you, Lord? Where's the relief? Are we there yet? The answer again, not long. Not long at all. Brothers and sisters, he is here with us now. Salvation is here. Continue to trust in the steadfast love of God. His covenant can't be broken. If you haven't turned to Christ yet and you cry out in anguish, not to him, but you just cry in anguish and there's no Christ there, I beg that you trust in Christ because your anguish won't be just for a moment. It will be for eternity. But God has given us Christ, so we do not have to suffer that anguish forever. Jesus took the penalty for us. Today is the day of salvation. We can rejoice. We can turn to the Lord, our Savior. Are we there yet? How long? Not long. Not long at all. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And let me finish with these encouraging words from the Apostle Paul as he writes in Philippians 4, starting in verse 6 Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving much like the psalmist has done. Let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that the psalmist could cry out to you, showing us that we can also cry out to you, but have that answer that your steadfast love endures forever. Lord, oftentimes it is dark and we can't see. But we must trust in you, Lord. We believe, help our unbelief. May we see you, may we know you. May we just trust, give us faith to continue to trust in you in dark times and also praise you in those dark times knowing it won't be long. Our suffering here is for a while, but glory with you. It's worth all suffering for the cross of Christ, Lord. So may our hearts and our minds be focused on you. May these not just be words that we hear today and the rest of the week go on in darkness, but give us light to our eyes, that we may also be lights to the world. They may see Christ in us, that others in despair, in their bondage, can be broken free like you freed us, Lord that we may speak, open our mouths to speak the words of life that only Jesus has. Lord, I pray for those who are suffering, that you bring an end to their suffering, Lord, but they continue to seek you. I pray that through times of transition, times of worry, that we can just go to you in prayer. Even if we feel anxious, we know your word says not to be anxious, Lord, but that is often hard but you give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. So may we continue to seek that peace, to continue to seek the kingdom of God because everything we need, you've given us. May we trust in our brothers and sisters to share with them our pain and our suffering and walk alongside them and allow them to walk alongside us. I pray for the churches all around the world that they can continue to be lights that there's worship on this day, that those who've been persecuted for the, for the cost of following Christ, that you give them courage and wisdom. I pray that those in power in our government will turn to Christ, Lord. That is the only way this world will ever change. But may we trust in you and not in the powers of government or any officials like that, any programs, but trust in Christ. May we live what we say. May we live what we believe. May we know you more and more. May we know we can cry, how long can you answer us? Not long. Not long at all. We look forward to that glorious day when you wipe away all our tears. But may we continue to love you more. Give us more faith to love you more and to love each other as Christ has loved us. I pray everything in the saving name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.